up to our sidekicks and henchmen out there in the geek nation i'm further away from the mic than usual because i feel like i'm i get all up, i get all up close on it so i'm going to try it here and maybe i won't be so loud this time uh welcome to 4327 main street johnny destructo's hero complex it's my comic shop in maniunk we do a show here i'm here my name's johnny destructo brian's with me i'm with you and noel is with me now i'm self-conscious about how far i should be from the mic you should be so it's saturday morning hi we got coffee we got comics we got letters we got letters oh we we got got lots and lots and lots and lots of letters this one's from take a guess guys who's it from uh you know what the name escapes me it rhymes with hossy faint hossy bob fossey bob 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 fossey yeah it's from from bob Bob fossey (laughs) bob fossey good night really i don't know which is worse he, he titles the email and then huh. continues in the in the body of. Does the email. He, is there a question mark at the end? No, no okay. punctuation. I just wondered. It's I I don't know what's worse. Period. I mean, it can be a statement. Yeah. Also, he doesn't know. Really what early is... podcasts or really late podcasts. I did enjoy listening to it Sunday morning before work, but it also meant my email was too late. Mm. Hopefully, you'll read both of them this week. I really enjoyed Family Tree. This is the body horror I was hoping for from Unearth, which I dropped after I realized it wasn't an all ages book. I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna pause this Wait, here. Which ages? Hold on. Yeah. So, first of all, both of them did not get read last week. This is the second of them. And then Family Tree. This is the body horror. So he was hoping for body horror. <laughs> all ages body but horror. But then he was like, "This is not all ages body horror. Fuck it. I'm out." Wait, I know, but where is, where's, where's his threshold with all ages? So, and I, I, I say that only knowing like all, a, a lot of a lot of other emails have come through from Mr. Sauce, and yeah. they've been Doctor Sauce, Doctor Saint <laughs> uh, Saucy M- MDS. <laughs> um, uh, like he was asking about. Um, S and M books and and all like, ages all ages S and M books. Well, I mean, I don't. I'm gonna say they have to be um, all ages. Is, is it just the violence that he doesn't like in? I don't know. Unearth. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, I dropped and, it and after also, I realized it wasn't an all ages body book. horror. Typically not all ages. That <laughs> <laughs> is generally restricted from the younger yeah. ages. I dug Hester's simplistic art style. Where do I know him from? I thought it was from Green Arrow one year later, but that was McDaniel. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> Brian, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Brian. He's got literal <laughs> tears on his face. <laughs> oh, well, his yeah. face is wet. <laughs> it happens, all ages it happens when art. I laugh. Yeah. It's... Um, I don't think I've ever. No, it's, you haven't. You must have seen it. We've so laughed. Sad. We've laughed a lot. Um, <laughs> We've laughed. He's cried. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, Phil Hester did do quite a long run, uh, I believe, with Kevin Smith on Green Arrow. Yeah, he actually. After Green Arrow was dead for a long time, and Kevin Smith brought him back. Didn't he write some of it too? Like he might have done. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Wait, did he do the? Was he the original artist with the like the kind of watercolory? 
Mm-hmm. That was just the covers. Um, no, those covers were by Matt Matt Wagner from Mage. Mage, Mage and he also one. did a Madame Xanadu book. But Mage was oh. Mage was awesome. Uh, as for Brian Hill's Batman and the Outsiders, don't really care for it. I love Soy's work, but the new characters he has created are way over designed. I just didn't enjoy it, so I gave up on it after about four issues. Chris Saint Saucy, good night, MD. Um. What did you? Has anyone here read The Outsiders? No, I didn't even no, try it. I did not. Uh, no, I'm 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 uh I'm capped out at Batman books for the most part. Also, too, I've never really been a fan of Dexter Soy's art. Yeah. Thank you so much for your email, Christopher Saint Saucy. Good night. We certainly appreciate it. If anyone else wants to email us, they can uh, do so at cultpopgo at gmail uh, Let's move on to this week's books. Let's start with Avengers number twenty-seven by Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis. Diamond has this to say. Starbrand Reborn, Part 1, Riot in the Space Prison. Artist Ed McGuinness returns for an epic space adventure that takes the Avengers into an alien prison the size of a galaxy, where a mysterious new wielder of the all-powerful Starbrand has suddenly appeared, unleashing cosmic chaos. Good thing the Avengers brought along their newest member, the Black Widow. Sorry, what? Yeah, that, was, right. that was a their good thing. Their newest member, the Black Widow. Thank God she's finally an Avenger, guys. She did it. Well, I was thinking it was more like, thank God they could get her for this mission. She should in come sp- in real handy in, in this intergalactic, yeah, yeah. you know, high-powered thing. Oh, yeah. What the hell? All right. And Captain anyway. America even echoed that sentiment. Mm-hmm. In the book, he was like, I only, there was only one person. I knew when we were doing this crazy space mission, I needed you, I needed Natasha I Natasha. <laughs> right. The person without powers. And you can shoot those things out of your wrist most times. Oh, the, 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 <laughs> the widow The or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Widow stings or whatever the what the yeah. newest member she's she's like a long time member of the Avengers isn't she? Anyway. I mean, she hasn't been. I assume she far. just had left because she's not really right now. I think she's yeah. doing her thing in her book, and you know she made it clear that she's this is gonna be a one time thing. Yeah. I like her outfit yeah. though. I like the mesh. I like that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's not been um, a member since Jason Aaron took over. But this was no. In all seriousness. <laughs> <laughs> If I can get if I can get deadly serious, it's fun. I mean, if you didn't like the mini man thing giving her a flower from the ceiling, that was pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, this, why is he? Oh, this. Why book is he is, like that? This book is special. Oh, okay. This book is so special. Okay. So okay. during, Let me, if I may. Yeah. I'm, I want to see if I'm going to what I think is what Noel is going to say. Yeah. It's all the big crazy fun stuff that Justice League has in it. Oh, uh, okay. But oh, I remember. It actually works from, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember well, because they let your... it they let it breathe here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like the the mini, I think they call him man kid or man thing. No, like that's man not kid? the actual. Oh, man thing. he's different. It's, okay. It's a it's a piece of him that has grown into its own sentience, and huh. the vampire killers were using him to rapidly create stakes through like a Gatlin gun. Yes. Oh, it's a good idea. Earlier, and right. um. So he was being used for evil, and he took a shine to Blade, and Blade was like, "Come on, friend." So oh. he's been on Blade's shoulder. Oh, that's well, cool. And just like like Blade has a puppy, and yeah. it's a it's a oh, man thing. Awesome. And I'll tell you, I am an easy mark when it comes to tiny ver- baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. Yeah. Wait, I, what I, about I, I wanna, Jaro? I do want to pause for well, so Jaro, of course, Jaro. Right, right. Yeah. I do want to pause and say, uh, Noel, did you say that little tiny man thing is called kid? Man kid? Uh, I forget. Man it's like man kid or kid thing. Kid thing? Kid thing would make more. They only they only reference it like by name, man like kid. like once or twice. It doesn't yeah. really have a name. Okay. It's, I think there he was. calls it like kid or something okay. like that. Yeah. 
There was, I believe, <laughs> man, kid. <laughs> it's early. Yeah, yeah. I think there was in the nineties. I believe there man was kid. a man, man, right? <laughs> and his sidekick was something, <laughs> kid, kid, something like that. Like I forget. The Coffee Man era. They just yeah, literally put it, man it might have been the same publisher. Same publisher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I don't. All right. Yeah. Let's get real. I want to get real serious. Yeah. She Hulk's outfit. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Captain Marvel likes it. So do I. <laughs> oh, you're into it. So do I. It's Is ridiculous. It? But yeah. I love it. It's 1980s like, yeah. Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are that's interesting. She's those a, two influencers are definitely a, present. It's a hell of a Barda vibe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Barda. Yeah, Barda. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, is she like? Is she able to think but not express that? So uh, it's a little bit about like okay. uh, f- I would I would implore anybody to just give this run a shot. It's only do it. Twenty five issues in. I give you permission yeah, implore, to implore. implore. I would us. like to officially, even though you know this is coming, uh, implore everyone yeah. to give this <laughs> yeah. run a shot. It's only twenty five issues, twenty six issues in thus far. Hmm. Um, a very big part of the of the beginning during the during the you know the. Inciting incidents that brought all these ragtag heroes together to become the new Avengers. Um, she was in a state of uh, suppressing her Hulkism because it was getting out of control. Mm. So it's an actual, it's a very large plot point to the fact that now she is much more like the, how we consider the typical Hulk and not lawyer Jen Walters anymore. Mm-hmm. And she is able to process things, but not necessarily articulate them and then when she changes back it's it's a back and forth oh she can switch back to yeah human okay but she has this new ability slash curse now where she kind of explodes uh not unlike the sun flare thing oh like an actual explosion not just like rage out yeah no she literal she can emit um gamma radiation and this suit suppresses that yeah the suit uh because there's a there's a whole wakanda technology about like uh, being able to take energy absorb energy and then repurpose it yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. they're always doing that so even though it's incredibly (laughs) cheesecakey and it's kind of kind of silly and dumb ridiculous they they give it a weird yeah a little hot you um, may. Well, so like two, thank you. Uh, he, uh, Jason has been doing this great thing where, like, in between every arc is either like a rest episode yes. or a, a one shot. There was a couple issues ago. There was literally a, a, a an issue where they all sat in a hot tub and just bullshitted about life, like the Marvel swimsuit issues from a, a little bit like that, where it was days. just like Thor was in a giant hot spring that was natural, mm-hmm. and he was just like uh, Steve, Stephen, come sit. Just and they just like all like have a soak, and then the joke in it at the end is so she is she's a she's a lug, Um, she just takes everything off and walks in, and then you see everyone's reaction Uh because it's from behind her, and it's just it's they've been playing up She Hulk really really fun. I know it's different from what everybody's liked in the past, but Mm. I I dig it. Mm. And that's kind of the fun of the Hulks Mm. is that they are this ever evolving character. Um, but, you know, Bruce Banner, Jennifer Walters, um, even the Red Hulk, like they, they sort of change and they shift to, for whatever reason. Does she Hulk? Has she? I mean, I guess she, in well, a kind of meta way, like she started being aware sometimes that she was in a comic was like well, a major yeah, shift I mean, of her. Well, yeah. when, she, when she first showed up, she was the savage She Hulk and she was in like ripped. ripped oh, uh, really? And she was just hulking. She would hulk out just the same way that Bruce oh, Banner was. I didn't realize and that. And then. In the 80s, John Byrne sort of started this new version of the character where she knew she was in a comic book. She would cross, she would just walk from one panel to the next, knowing she's walking across a panel. Um, And then. Wait, um, wait, is that when she became just 
intelligent Jen Walters yeah. in a Hulk form. That was I believe in so. John I believe Brent. so, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize those two things were at once. I didn't realize that she was savage in I, the beginning. Yeah, so she was. Yeah. I don't yeah, know how, how long that? it lasted. Yeah, yeah. But, um, huh. and actually I'm not 100% sure that John Byrne created the l- lawyer She-Hulk. Okay, right. Someone, I'm sure someone will correct yeah. us. I was going to say, Home Dad Rob, it seems perfect for you. Yeah. Just let us know about um, the history of She-Hulk. And then more recently, after Civil War II, she became... Um, it was PTSD. She, she got, had PTSD mm. and huh. would freak out about any time she even uh, was thinking about hulking out, she would have a, an episode, mm. uh, uh, an anxiety attack. Mm. Um, and so she was trying to be Jennifer Walters and not turn into the Hulk. And now it's this whole new thing. Yeah, and, and also too, like he's he's been seeding it as she has a role to play. And this what's great about this run so far is that even though every single arc has been remarkably different, so like I mentioned vampires before, mm-hmm. like the whole vampire nation, um there was a bunch of stuff about celestials, there was the a Russians. bunch of stuff about uh, yeah, there was a, a whole Russian super team. There's a whole nother um subplot oh, there- in the back about the Squadron Supreme being repurposed by America to take over the Avengers like the a Namor whole bunch stuff. of the Namor stuff there's been so many things but throughout all of it he keeps seeding like coming next kind of thing mm-hmm. and during War of Realms uh when Daredevil could see everything he pretty much told her like she has a role in her new energy mm-hmm. radiation has a role in you know years to come kind of thing so like mm-hmm. you I like it when a writer has a book like this and is just really leaning into the fact that like I have job security for the next five years mm-hmm. and I am telling a story. Yeah. So mm-hmm. buckle in. Hickman does it all the time. Aaron gets to do it every once in a while and it's just like he did Jeff it before. Johns. Jeff Johns yes. used to Snyder. do it. Oh, yeah. Um th- it is ridiculous this costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do want to say that. <clears throat> um I thought uh, another thing uh, oh. that was odd is that this this Prison, which is, according to the solicit, the size of a galaxy. Yeah. Um, it's a prison galaxy. Which is unusual, too, because it's like a Shi'ar prison, right? Yeah. Like, the Shi'ar does not even control all of one galaxy, Don't but they, they have a galaxy-sized <laughs> prison. Okay. So here, here in starts my, my criticisms. All right. Um, as, as big and as fun as it is, there are things that <clears throat> gave me pause. The very first thing, six days ago, Shi'ar controlled space, outskirts of the Ravenstar galaxy, watch droid Delta, and I wonder... <laughs> Do the writers just make this stuff up? Is there some sort of <laughs> universal map of space of yeah, like here yeah, are yeah, the yeah, actual yeah. sectors of space? Uh, I could even later on the Raven Star Galaxy is brought up again. Hmm. Watch Droid Delta. I, you just these are just words to me. I, they mean nothing. That is most likely the case. I could even see it if it was just like all Shi'ar mm-hmm. had the same. Like if the Shi'ar and the you know Badoon or whatever right. don't have the same names for it, I could see that. But I doubt that there is a central naming. Yeah, I think they make it hard. It's just like when um, I think in the Doctor Strange books for a while, it was the name of the spell underneath when he started doing something. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you, you came up like (laughs) the binding hands of Vashanti. Blah blah blah. I'm like, no, there's no book. There's there's no. I I mean, there's a few of those with Doctor Strange. Yeah, but some of them were just ridiculous. I like the idea that because Bendis was doing that, and he's like, listen, I want Doctor Strange to have. Uh, limits to his powers, mm. there's rules to his powers, and they all come from something. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still making that up. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, still just the limits are whatever, whatever the yeah. god Vishanti <laughs> decides. Yeah. So, so you, guys are, you guys are jumping into this. Um, <clears throat> haven't? How do you feel about this team in general? I know, like, uh, you've got Blade and the Ghost Rider, and like it feels like a ra- like it feels like a B team. Yeah. 
Um, but that's how do you the Avengers, that? though, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Wait, like, that's always Avengers, kind of... Sure. Right, right. Which is not to say there aren't a lot of cool characters on there, mm-hmm. but I always kind of had that impression. You know, they're like Justice League, but B-Team. Um, which uh, is not to say that there aren't cool stories with them. And this team is a cool team. You know, the modern era yeah. has... I'm sorry. It's just that I remember back when Hickman had it, and it was Avengers World, and they were like, we're going to make the Avengers huge, mm. and that way we will be able to pull different characters whenever we need. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is a cosmic threat? Yeah, we're going to yeah. get the cosmic-sized Avengers, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to the fun-sized ones you get at Halloween. And um, What's more fun about them? having less candy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can eat more of it? Um, I think you triggered him. He just touched a nerve. That really got me. That metaphor means shit to me. Um, What's better? But um, uh, what I do like about this, though, is the ragtaggedness that you said Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. of, what what the fuck is, what, Black Widow? So it it makes it more difficult for the team because they've chosen poorly. Right. (laughs) Well, they're ragtag. You get what you get. Um, the. It's funny too. Like all of these people weren't on the team of the whole. He's he is doing the 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 '80s version of it where members jump in and off. So like, oh, the, yeah, the book yeah. started with Doctor Strange on the team, and oh, he was right. like, "I got shit. So if you need uh, me, let me know." But I'm out. Blade jumped on the team yeah, during yeah. one run. Uh, like it, and he had the Bernie diary of Sidorov, so he had the split. <laughs> yeah, he was like, <laughs> Sidorak demands payment for all the spells in the hot brown. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I, well, I've ruined the show. Fridge? I apologize. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I I like the idea of them coming in and out. But I, like, it seems like the core team. It's and like Iron Man's been off the board for a couple of issues because he's mysteriously. Oh, lost in I a cave. saw his thing. That, I saw that here too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I I don't know if I saw a preview of it or what, but I had seen. Um, what led up to that. Yeah. And that seems couple, like a really interesting story. A couple issues ago, someone gave, uh, I forget how it came across it, but there was a an Iron Man suit petrified for hundreds of thousands of years found in a cave. He went to go investigate it, and then he just got kind of snapped out, and snapped back, and he's been gone since. That's what happens when you find something and you go back in time. Yeah. And, you know, the... Uh, he's in a loop. It's you. Yeah, exactly. There's a... Some great comedy in this book, though, as well. I think Jason Aaron has a, uh, a nice um, use of um, panel transitions because they finally got their ragtag team on the ship, including mm. Ghost Rider and his car. Right. And uh, they're like, all right, here we go. Activating Celestial Warp Tech in three, two, one. Space, here we. And then the next page is now. And they're just bound in this <laughs> giant web. Uh, it was good. Funny stuff. Like oh, another thing yeah. oh, and the oh, Thor about brood. the galaxy. Yeah, that cool. was cool. I had totally forgotten that the brood transformed you into the brood. Um, yeah, and that was that was a pretty chilling, menacing yeah. scene where he can't lift the hammer anymore. That was well done. Oh, but so the guy, one more thing about the galaxy. Why are there so many more suns in that galaxy than planets? Why do they need that many suns? That's too many suns. There's like 110 million yeah. suns and 40 million it's planets. Hot. It's too hot. Why just... Why not have multiple planets around one sun? Now you got suns, and there's nothing around yep. them. <laughs> it's a crazy galaxy. It's a crazy galaxy that they constructed, I think. Also, oh, I like, I want more Binary. Carol Marvel. Carol Marvel. Carol <laughs> Marvel. It's Marvel in air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Carol Marvel, Marvel Danvers. Danvers with <laughs> flaming head. Binary. Oh, the binary, because oh, she was cool. near a white hole. Yeah, yeah. Pretty rad. Uh, this is a bucket of fun. Yeah, yeah I, I, I would, I would, I would implore everyone to 
try this book. Uh, this would is, you? It's been I, officially I you implored. You keep, uh, you've said three times you would do no, it. No, one time he said I shall it officially it. happened. I am check imploring the records. you now. He said, I would officially. Well, let's it, go back. I let's want go back. To <laughs> I want the minutes. Let's check. I'm officially, the... <laughs> I am currently now officially imploring okay. yes. the gentleman at the table as well as those uh, gentlemen and ladies the reader. and others. The rest the of humanity. Uh, yeah. and all, all, yeah. all peoples, okay. all persons within the sound of my voice, be it recorded or not. Read this book. Okay. Sweet. Go back. Right, read I'll do this, it. Read oh. this book. I already read I it. I did it. We're yeah. at, where is it? Step ahead. Read more of this book. Uh, let's get on to the show that's not the Avengers portion of the show. <laughs> uh, John Constantine, Hellblazer, number one, Simon Spurrier, Aaron Campbell. Uh, John Constantine is back in London, back to his old tricks, and just in time, as things have become very dark indeed in his old stomping grounds. Um, there's a whole... There's, they went overboard with the description here. I think that's enough. Um, he's back to he's up to his old tricks. Yeah, things yeah. have become very uh, dark indeed. Something is needed. So what what's going on here is uh, good Constantining. Mm. Uh, I'm a longtime Constantine fan, and someone had written in recently, and they said, "Jadles, you like the Constantine, you like Jonathan, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know where to start. I tried a little bit of here, a little bit of there. I yeah. wasn't really impressed with whatever. I remember. Um, yes. And so I gave him a couple of stories to go check out. He never. Ch- By the way, check back in. Let me know if you read those. But if you're looking for a good Constantine to start, mm. this is it. You, mm. you did. You could do it right now. Mm. He's back. Um, so what had happened is brief history. The, the gentleman, Hellblazer, he had 300 issues of his own series. And then they ended it I don't know. Almost ten years ago. Well, you said the gentleman. The gentleman Hellblazer. John. Is he called that? No, I just made. Oh, okay. That's just the title, right? Like it's not ever. No one calls him Hellblazer. He's like, hey, Hellblazer. He's like, hey, what's up, guy? Hey. Um. So, uh, yeah, he had three hundred issues. Then it was done, Hmm. and I was very sad to see it go. But I was also like, three hundred issues. Holy, you don't get that from independent books like that. Um, I mean, I know it's DC Vertigo, but what you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and then they they brought him into the New Fifty Two. Yeah, and he had a couple of series that failed. Uh, they kept rebooting him. Having the House of, I believe, Mystery mm. was a pretty cool yes. thing for him. Yeah, he I should. I thought that was That's a cool, perfect. And yeah. I like him hanging out with Zatanna. Yeah, I think they're a he great. He and Zatanna pair. are always fun together. I loved, I loved yeah. to read that. I loved it was in the movie they were hanging out. Um, the Justice League Dark animated film. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a good one. Yeah, I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as much as I was enjoying that, those two relationships, yeah. the House and Zatanna. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy that he is back, mm. and it feels more like um, the older Constantine that I was enjoying. There's mm. something about the dialogue and the darkness, mm. um, and the art even feels more vertigo-y, even though vertigo yeah, doesn't exist anymore. It's very rough and painted looking. Yeah. And, yeah. Sketchy. Arts, yeah, sketchy. Uh, a little uncomfortable. But yeah. um, so uh, there was a, I believe we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Where there was a John Constantine number one a couple weeks ago. It was a one shot, and then it led into the Books of Magic, and now this is his new number one. What happened in that other issue was there, Constantine is fighting a, a war. There's a bunch of people flying around, stuff that he's not used to. He doesn't like it. And there's an old, an old Constantine comes back and tells him that the Books of Magic kid, Timothy... Hunter. Hunter. Timothy right. Hunter. I'm not, I don't know Books of Magic very well. That he's, he's not Harry Potter, as far as I'm concerned. The not Harry Potter. I'll tell you what, though. There's a lot of similarities. Yeah. yeah. Well, even when he first came out, came out, I was like, oh, is that a Harry Potter? Nope. That's Way it. before. Oh, when I, I'm sorry. When I first caught wind of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a Harry and Potter. And Gaiman has said, because there's some other, like, there's a, to digress for a moment, if, 
Um, there's people that wrote something that have muggles in mm. them that they wrote before Harry Potter came out. Interesting. And they tried to sue it, and, and people have gone to the game, and they're like, have you ever thought about suing? And he's like, no. We're all retelling the Once and Future King. Yeah. It was time for this story to arrive again. He's got a cool view I love about... Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Even if I don't like all of his works, he, there's something yeah. about... I would love to just chat yeah. and have Seems him talk like a at cool me. guy. Yeah read, yeah, read me to sleep every night. His daughter went to school around here at Bryn Mawr. Oh, neat. Yeah. Oh. I never ran into her as far as I know, but I always thought it would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to stop her, but I... Uh, um, so, anyway, so I, what, I, what, I've, what I think happened... Is in the end of that 300th issue, there is an old John Constantine, and he's at a pub. He's got a pint. He's got a Jeff cap on. He's looking old and haggard. And I believe what they're saying here, what Cy Sperrier is saying, is that that Constantine that we knew and loved for those 300 issues and more mm -hmm. is back. And so this is no longer that new 52 version of John. Wait, when you say old, you mean like from the future, yes. traveled back. He okay. came back um, to warn about not Harry Potter. Right, Timothy Hunter. Timmy Hunter. Timothy Hunter, and um, uh, so he wakes up in the asylum, huh. missing I think ten years or so. So I, I don't know. know if it's that old Constantine has transferred his memories or whatever mm -hmm. into this young now Constantine. Mm -hmm. But I kind of think that's what's happening because he's he's walking huh. around this going like he's he's like confused by cell phones and stuff like that by or like smartphones. You think an older. He would know all of this. Yeah, things. I'm not sure. Or is it like, oh, the last 10 years, I forgot all about it. That's the thing. That I read this book twice. Okay. Because there are some things that weren't clear and I'm still not clear on. This is the other one. Yes. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, he's, I guess maybe he's been in the asylum for 10 years. Oh, uh, so he's, he's just been out gone, of it. And right. now he's back. And I think the meta commentary is, oh, the John you loved has been gone. But now he's but back. But now he's back. I gotcha. And I, the book feels that way. Okay. It's not just uh, lip service. Hmm. This does feel like old Constantine to me. Mm -hmm. In fact, there's uh, uh, another podcast, and one of the guys on that show that we sort of, we're Facebook friends, whatever. Right. But whenever a new Constantine book comes, he's the only guy I know <laughs> who likes John as much as I do. Yeah, yeah. And so whenever another Constantine book comes out, I'll read it, and I'll be like, I wonder what, I wonder what Josh hmm. thinks of this. Hmm. Um, and I think we're of the same mind on this one. So hmm. it's like, oh, he's back. It's great. What did you guys feel about this story, though? I'll tell a lot you, of preamble. I was, I like, I was digging it in the beginning of it, and then I think so. As discussed, uh, I think we all read it at least the first time while very tired and falling asleep. So it might not be the fault of the book, but yeah, I was into kind of the atmosphere of uh, of the whole thing, um, and. Yeah, I find him to be a, an interesting character, and this seemed like him in his element doing his thing. I did the same same exact thing. I was so excited. Yeah. I think Tuesday night or when – yeah, it must have been Tuesday night for the Thunder yeah. Round, the Wednesday morning Thunder Round. And I read it, and uh, I went to sleep, and I woke up, and I went, I have no idea what I read. <laughs> I was I was half asleep reading it. So um, reading it again, this time it was very clear what was happening. I don't know why I was so confused, other than they make a point of having dialogue in the book – that even John is confused by. They mm. are using yeah, true, there's a, like a Cockney slang or something yes. like that. Is it rhyming slang? I don't know. I no. didn't catch any of the rhymes. But I don't think it's stuff. rhyming, is it? No, rhyming slang doesn't rhyme with itself. It rhymes with the the saying that is commonly known. So if you say like you know like the phrase "mind your p's and q's," yeah. If somebody would say like. I'll be kind to the lees and muse. Oh, I see. Then the, you have to know what Not, common thing yes, they are yes. referencing. It's in, it's like nigh impenetrable from yeah. what I hear. You know, uh, yeah. 
Could you guys remind me what a haruspex is? Uh, haruspex in ancient Rome, <laughs> a religious <laughs> official who, <laughs> who interpreted I feel, omens. I feel as though you're I reading had, that. I, <laughs> <laughs> you don't just know. You got it. No, I uh, I rarely okay. have this ready to go. Yes, I uh, I looked it up when you inquired. So it's in ancient Rome, a religious official who interpreted omens by inspecting the entrails of sacrificial animals. Right. I, I, you know what? Yeah. The, I. I um, the way that it's uh, constructed, this is a really, even even though it's not, it's kind of a dense read. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. For sure. Like it's, And I don't mean dense in so much as lots of words. It's just, it's a very intricate read. I feel like the art also makes it dense to read. The, the text boxes, speaking of, like the third person narration speaking of the heterospecs, is they're there constantly throughout the book. So when things start to happen between the the mute kid and and John witnessing the angels kind of do their thing to a junkie, that those text boxes remain. So now I'm starting to think, who's talking? Mm-hmm. I wondered that and it's, too. And yeah, for for a little bit, it almost felt like because they kept they kept referring to the hero specs. I'm like, well, I thought it was the dude before, but is John? That is that a word I didn't know that they're referring to John as the hero specs. Yeah, no. so right. like it was it was a little confusing, but it was it was good. I mean, the only problem I would have with this is the same problem I seem to have with like all horror books is I want to read them in bigger chunks mm. because you you start to really like dig into these things, and if there's a month that passes, it's yeah, yeah. it's harder to it's harder to keep a grasp on it. Yeah. Well, I got, the I feel of blind spot these are. Horror. A big part of it, I think. You know, being in that atmosphere of the yeah, world. you so, you yeah. you you build tension and atmosphere, and then it's yeah. like, hold on, yeah. wait <laughs> four weeks. Tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold, keep we'll your butt hold tight for four for weeks, and then we'll uh, we'll come back. You to just this. don't do that regularly. Can my butt hold tight? Yeah, I'm a loosey goosey. But and of course, you know, we've got the same thing that always happens with John, wherein he has dicked someone over in the past yeah. and they have crossed paths <laughs> with him now yeah. my favorite part of the book was the the opening with with him in the bar yeah. or uh, the the bouncer mm-hmm. like this and then is Barry charming. the traffic shows up yeah mm. this is charming this is john this is how i know the character and yeah. then when it gets into the nitty gritty details of whatever he's fighting or yeah, dealing yeah. with i start to kind of I, I lose it a little bit, hmm. not because it's uninteresting, just because like oh, I like the people more than the the plot. Just when he's hanging around, yeah. around the events of yeah. the story, I I thought it was uh, an interesting hook that he has been pressured into doing this thing. Yeah. You know that they've like he doesn't know the Horace Becker, he doesn't know that guy. They just they know of him. They knocked him out. With you're now you're going to do our thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the I like this. So he's basically, there's this kid following him. So John winds up dipping down an alleyway. Hmm. And then the kid follows him into the alleyway. And then he surprises him. <laughs> and he goes, all right, Twinkle Toes, what's your game? What a setup. Yeah. What a setup. That, was well, that cool. guy couldn't ask for a better setup because yeah, he goes, yeah. cricket, bruv. And he goes, <laughs> fuck's that supposed to mean? And there's a guy, his buddy is behind him with a cricket bat. Yeah. Yeah. So this this uh, <laughs> way to set up your. Own. I wonder if he was going to knock him out in a different way. But then and he when he like, said it, he was like, "Oh, I got I this bat get, ready. Yeah, yeah. I'll be." Right. <laughs> I was going to use my knife. <laughs> this weirdness at the very knock end. him out. <laughs> I'm going to stab him unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Noel. Go ahead. Oh my God. Oh, I'm feeling sassy this morning. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, this weirdness at the end. This is this old John, in the Jeff cap. Uh, the, the, yeah, this business in the back. The, um, that's old John, right? Thank you. All right, remember earlier I said there were some things I still didn't quite get? Yeah. I did not realize that that was John. I, um, the art is so dark in that scene yeah, yeah. that, yes, now that I'm looking at it, um, he's got the Jeff cap, he's got a cigarette, uh, he's got the 
the trench coat on. Yeah. Um, yeah, when he showed up before, he I, I, I want to say he was wearing like a sweater vest and a trench coat and, and a Jeff cap. The dialogue did not make me, did not sound Johnny enough. Hellblazy. Yeah. Um, good for you, sir. Just uh, don't forget to rinse off afterwards, eh? Um, well, he sir, is... he never calls anyone sir, so. Right, but I think it was in a very a, sarcastic I mean, sarcastically way. towards yeah. a guy that's taking off all his clothes and putting on a weird mask and running down a dank hallway. Yeah. Like, I yeah. I assume there's some sarcasm with that. It like, might be. Uh, <laughs> and this, say hello to the queen. And this is <laughs> whatever right. you're doing. Right. Uh, this is the horror specs again. The guy with the little boy's hand that is sorting through the meat. He's seeing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he's seeing this, and I think he says uh. the future... Um, in the presence of the magician, is the or is the enemy up to something? He must know whether the dead boy's hand cares or not. He stirs the meat harder. <laughs> he catches only hints. He suspects even this is only because the enemy is distracted, but he seizes the chance to pry. The vision makes little sense. I agree. It does. It was they, hard to parse. You know, you're not supposed to get this yet. Yeah. So, um, but other than that, I'm a hundred percent into it. Um, I, I I'm glad that I'm getting some Hellblazy stuff. Cool. Hellblazy. Um. Real quick before we move on, yeah. Do you guys have any interest at all? Are you going to read number two? I was not, but so like I said in the beginning, I was more interested than I was by the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I might like it, but I probably wouldn't be drawn gotcha. to to it by itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I had a question for you. He seems to be like, oh, this isn't what angels normally do. Mm. Is that We've a... We've seen angels in Hellblazer before. And they have like particular characteristics that yes. are adhered to. Yes. Or Okay, I got you. Yeah, more okay. along the lines of, if you remember the characterizations of like the angels in Preacher. I didn't read the much of Preacher. The seraphim and the... Uh, yeah. You've never read Preacher? I started it right after I got on Lucifer, and I was uh. like, oh, I want more of that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's not similar. And I was uh. like, uh, this isn't what I'm looking for. It's not that I wouldn't because yeah. I like that kind of story, mm. so I'd go check it out again. Um, but no, I haven't read much. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they're more. I'm processing. They've got this. actual like personalities and stuff. I'm still processing yeah. this. You of all you of all people, I think would have read Preacher. Would have read Preacher. Yeah. Hmm. It's my all time favorite. It's series. it's kind of one of the it's best things I've ever read. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't I don't read it or adhere to it as as much as right. Sure. JD does, but like as. But it's wonderful. Hmm. It's yeah. legitimately hmm. wonderful. Um, I don't know if I'd read the second issue, but a year from now, in the reading, trade paperbacks. Well, I mean, I, w- I don't even know about a, a trade paperback. I'm talking to, like if they collect like this whole storyline in a in a chunker, or like in a in like a, a trade paperback. Yeah. A larger one. I don't want like five issues of this and then still. Oh, like, you I want, want like the, I want to I see you. this story to its conclusion. I'm right, right. I think that's probably why I've been leaning more towards larger collections now too, yeah. because I don't want forty. You really hmm. like a deep dive. I do. Hmm. I yeah, do. We'll, I, we'll I think I'm, I'm getting bit, older, I and I think I just like deep diving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's time for thunder rounds. Thunder rounds. Thunder. What's a thunder round? A well, thunder round is a sixty-second review done by one person, usually, uh, about a particular comic. All right. Yeah. That's nice. Thank you. You got it. Excellent. Succinct. <laughs> uh, Noel's going to do the first thunder round, and he has decided to do Action Comics ten seventeen, written by Brian Michael Bendis and John Romita Jr. I've put sixty seconds on the clock. Noel, are you ready? I could be there. Okay, get there because I'm pressing go. So. This is the 1017th issue of Action Comics. 
You're doing great. I know it's good. Um, uh, this was um, this was an interesting issue. So I've I have been reading a lot of DC lately. Um, and all of these events are kind of swirling around, and they haven't really touched the main books yet, or like only tangentially have they touched the the Superman books. It's been like in the background, and they haven't touched Batman books at all. Um, this issue kind of comes out of nowhere. It just starts with um, Metropolis in in ruins and the Legion of Doom under Martian Lex's calling destroying everything and everyone's like batman's in a mech suit they're all fighting it's just it feels like it came completely out of nowhere and doesn't match up with all of the other like events and things i'm reading which it doesn't have to comics can be insular but when you when you're telling a story that's so dependent on other factors i'll tell you i i get a lot of i get a lot of i I get a lot out of that saying end of round end of round yeah. It feels good. No, it's a good time. You control that. You have I that do, power. Yeah, that's what it is. It's power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolute power. <laughs> um, so all the rest of the books we decided we wanted to talk about. So we weren't going to do any more Thunder Rounds because they all deserve a little bit more conversation. Let's move on to Philadelphia number one by Rodney Barnes and Jason Sean Alexander. Jason Alexander? From Seinfeld. From Seinfeld? Pro- probably. Wow. Right? There's, He's there's not doing Seinfeld anymore, mm-hmm. so he might be writing He's comics. Writing. He's got drawing. Drawing, drawing now. Comic. He's yeah. probably writing some, too. They just haven't gotten yeah. made yet. Yeah. He has so much time. Yeah. Uh, so Diamond has this to say. When a small-town beat cop comes home to bury his murdered father, the rev- revered Philadelphia detective James Sangster Sr., he begins to unravel a mystery that leads him down a path of horrors that will shake his beliefs to their core. The city that was once the symbol of liberty and freedom has fallen prey to corruption, poverty, unemployment, brutality, and vampires. <laughs> Classic urban problems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what'd you guys think of this book? I didn't read it. What, what'd, you, what'd you think of this book? Uh, I thought it was fun. That was really fun. Um, what was fun about it? Uh, it was a fun read. I, I enjoy. I enjoyed reading it. You enjoyed I had it. fun okay. reading. <laughs> what also, did you enjoy about also the, it? Also, the whole scene, the, whole, the whole scene in the middle where they had a birthday party with a clown and all kinds of like toys and and cake. I loved that. That was really fun to me. <laughs> I was honestly flipping through, going, "Wait, there was a birthday party you with a clown." It? The best part missed, about it too is like it, the fun. The birthday was at one of those bounce houses, those, those large trampoline. Oh wow! Gyms. I love those. It was amazing. Oh, that, that sounds, sounds so cool. fun. So immediately after reading this, since we are in Philadelphia, I looked up. If that place existed, and does it? I want to have my birthday party there. I'm just well, I say yeah. do it. Yeah. And if it doesn't exist, then you build, you buy the yeah, trampolines see, yourself. Seeing all these cops in a bounce house, I was just He's like, kidding. I want to. In case anyone's unclear, oh yeah, that didn't happen in this. I didn't this read. Did not I did not read Philadelphia, and um, I am also I, aware. That I very this did much. Not I very much enjoyed this book. I enjoyed, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed the yeah. art. I enjoyed the structure of it. I liked how they just kind of. <sighs> It was it was a mix of procedural and kind of like a folktale in a way in the way that the journal was introduced. Um, so you've got this main character who is learning things secondhand from a unreliable source to him, and it just ekes at him enough to kind of look into it, mm-hmm. and it's fantastical. So it's like this is bullshit, but I, I have to I have to find out. Mm-hmm. I, I, just, I really, really enjoyed it. I think yeah. uh, I had a little bit of problem with the transitions between the father and son. It was not entirely clear to me when that happened because it was following one character and it seemed like they died and then on the next page they were still like they were talking. Um, and so that, that 
it wasn't until a little bit later that I was like, oh, this is his son. I did not read anything about the book before. You know, I did not read the diamond has this to say portion <laughs> of the show uh, before reading this book. So I was like, oh, OK, so now we're, there's a son. Oh, there the father's been murdered and the son is now taking over the investigation. Got it. I feel well, like I mean, the what you're talking about, the the um, the text boxes. Yeah, they're in they're in hindsight, mm -hmm. but it's happening to him in real time. And because yeah. of the end of the book. That makes sense. Yes. But reading it. Getting to it. Doesn't like, make sense. I, it took a little bit of work on my part. I think that's also something that can happen with this style of art um, or, or Hellblazer. Mm -hmm. They were just talking about two very similar things that in this one it looked like they were the same character. Mm -hmm. In the other one we didn't know that they were supposed to be the same character. With this more like stylized kind of art it can be difficult to to realize. I mean, because they're not people. They're just drawn faces, and they're going to look similar to each other mm -hmm. to a degree anyway. Um, other than that, though, once I, once I, now that I've got a firm grasp of what's happening, I like it a lot, and I'm wondering if this is uh, just a nice little mini-series hmm. that would be a good book club. Hmm. Uh, it, I think the art has a lot to do with it. It reminds me of a book called Infidel, which is a really great one-and-done horror story. Um which we did for book club, and I'm mm. hoping that that'll be this. Like I can just mm. be like, "Hey guys, let's do this. It'll be great." October mm. book club, mm. um, you know, vampires in Philadelphia. What more could you want? Yeah. Um, plus, it's also a you know the police procedural. Mm. A little, you know, in Philadelphia. Yeah. Yeah. So like um, the the if we didn't we didn't really talk about the well yeah, I guess we talked about about the the beat cop. It's um this this uh, cop from Baltimore was mm -hmm. it? Yep. Um, hates his father, hates him with a passion, but he dies on the job. Hmm. Um, so he has to go home to bury his dad, clean out his stuff, get out of there as fast as he can. Hmm. He learned that his dad, through his dad's journal, he's just like, this man never talked to me as a kid. Why the hmm. fuck would he need a journal? Yeah. Starts reading it and finds out that this last case that he's been working on has been rife with weird things all leading up to the potential of some sort of vampiric infection. Hmm. Um... And it's just, it's wonky and it's weird. And it dates back to John Adams mm -hmm. and the founding fathers in Philadelphia. Is John Adams a vampire? He may have brought a strain of yellow oh, fever. That Like, it's weird. That is interesting. And it's, it's yeah, yeah. big, but small at the same time. Yeah. Mm. So it's really fun. And then I, I also realized yeah, that... The, one of the, the father is an actor that I've seen before. I'm, I, I found it. Thank you. Yeah, because... It's uh, been bothering me, but I... It's Phil Morris. Oh yeah, that's exactly. Oh, he's who it awesome. Is. Yeah, precisely. Thank you. Yeah, especially um, in the last panel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I'm a big fan of Phil Morris. Yeah, me too. Yeah, but I also and I also like the way they wrap up dialogue-wise, like the way it, they both, um, you know, the the kid is having um, inner monologue, and then the father finishes the the thought. Uh, hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice little wrap up. Um, and. Um, so does it seem like something you're going to continue, Noel? This I will. Yeah, like even this, though it's a horror. I know ah. it's, it's weird. It, but it's, it's also a police procedural. Yeah, Ooh. I mean because it, because it's uh, the episodic nature of like a you know um, a mystery yeah. as opposed to just horror horror hmm. constantly escalating. Hmm. I want my escalation in one chunk. I can handle mystery in gotcha. pieces. Okay, yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to tales from the dark multiverse, Infinite Crisis. Bye. James Tinian IV and Aaron Lapresti. Hmm. DC's mega event Infinite Crisis saw the destruction of the Trinity, the rise of Alexander Luther and Superboy Prime, and the rebirth of the multiverse. But it all started with Ted Cord, the Blue Beetle, who saw it all coming and died with secrets that could have saved the world. But 
Things happen differently in the dark multiverse. Not only does Blue Beetle survive, he thrives. And after killing Maxwell Lord himself, Ted sets off a chain of events that irreversibly alters the lives of the Justice. Blah, 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 I wish blah, blah. I, I wish I never. I'm glad I never read that before yeah. reading this. Um, my favorite part of this book, <laughs> yeah, Tempest Fugonaut. He's my favorite character You're in all lying. of DC. He He's is lying. I want, I want him. He's the new top I dog. want him to come to the birthday party at the bounce house. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tempest awesome. Fugonaut. Yeah. Is he's just he's just so lived in. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, I'm going to be selling Tempest Fugonaut T-shirts on my my Etsy. <laughs> Tempest Fugonaut, Tempest Fugid, yes. <laughs> Tempest, Tempest Fugid, Ken. Oh, oof. Tempest, mm. ten, how about what's, we? What's the opposite of not? The opposite of not. How not? about we no, Tempest not. Fugit not, not do that right. anymore? Huh. Um, <laughs> I Tempest Fugit. Well, because not means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this was fun. Yeah. yeah now I, I didn't read the last one, but I heard that it was not great because it had so much Lobo in it. Uh, yeah, I think the last one I enjoyed it, but it was my least favorite of all of them mm-hmm. so far. Um, yeah, this was cool. This was, I thought, an interesting sort of. It seemed more like a full story than some of the other ones have. You know, the I really like the Death of Superman one and the Batman one, but they, a lot of them were like, hey, you guys know everything that happened in the other story, and there's going to be one, you know, one thing that goes different, and Lois going to go crazy, and you know all that stuff. Whereas this had, I don't know, it was more paced like a this was, like an individual story. Yeah, this was like reading a cliff notes of a, of a whole nother event series as opposed to just yeah. like, we're going to just move one piece and then it's crazy. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, Superman died, got it, here's right. the rest of the story. Right. This is half of the book being like, Ugh, crack knuckles, all right. right, here we go. So, Infinite Crisis started with, <laughs> in a, and yeah. piece by piece by piece, because there was like... That was the thing with Infinite Crisis, right. As I was reading it, I was like, oh, right, there was the Secret Society one, and Luther turned out... There was, like, a lot of DC history that was packed into those years. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... And so so many that I even forgot. Like, this book would jump onto something, and I was like, oh, right, that did happen back then. Right. And then it was all kind of, I believe, planned, you know, as, like, okay, Countdown is going to lead into these other things, and then they will all... Infinite, they will all lead into Infinite Crisis, but mm-hmm. then that will also go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I thought it was interesting. I was thinking, Noel, of your uh, your commentary about the last one that Mr. Miracle would mm-hmm. never do those things. So mm-hmm. I thought in that one, well, Mr. Miracle has seen the death of his entire universe. I don't know that he would have done those things either, but I could see it because he's witnessed so much you know, so much crap, and it is the Dark Multiverse. With this one, I was kind of like, wait, so what happened that caused Ted to turn dark? You know what I mean? Well, it I'm, was glad just... you, I'm glad you asked that. Oh, Brian. well, great. Uh, <laughs> so in the last, I, I had to think about it. I thought about it a lot. I thought about it for a good two years. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking Since about this. And now you're back. Old Noel. Went in the past, came us. back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, a couple things. Um, I... I remember saying that last week, and I stand by it. When uh, character continuity is more important to me than like sure. story continuity, yeah, yeah. as long as they're true to character, it makes sense. The way it happened in the last book with the Blackest Night one, uh, they did nothing with it. Mm. Like there was no point to it other than this is a beat that has to get hit because we have to do this other stuff. So there they was can no, be screwed at the last was, moment. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was no point to it other than we're going to let this character betray itself mm. and then do nothing with it. Mm-hmm. With this, in hindsight. It was jar- when I was reading it in real time. It was jarring as shit mm. that Ted Cord would, in that moment, decide to blow Maxwell Lord's head off. Mm. But everything leading up to it, and then what they ended up doing with it, I just kind of forgave it in the same way that I forgave 
um, them turning Lois into like a red pillar. Right. Uh, like she took the red pill and right. decided to kill everyone just because her husband died yeah. in the other one. They did something with it, so it didn't well, feel as egregious. And I think with that, too, is she, not just that her husband died, that Superman died, but she got his powers. And then uh, there was some line where she was like, you holy shit, he was yeah. capable. Like, he could have done all of this stuff. Yeah, the whole time. But I had no idea. Everything you know, leading up to it, though, yeah. like, you know, Lois Lane, this this investigative journalist who's seen it all and is a very rational human being, starts to like hate on the government, hate oh, on her yeah, friends, yeah. hate yeah, that yeah, got yeah. her to that point. Like yeah. that when reading that, it was incredibly jarring and I started to hate the book, but then the way that they wrapped it up and like almost um gave her an anti redemption. Like they, mm. they punished her for mm. falling down that path. There right, was a right. purpose to it. Right. There's here there's a purpose to it. There it was just like <laughs> look at this way I'm gonna fuck that art. It like, was more thrown in. Yeah. It's true. This one I See, my feeling about that is a little different. I like in all these things or any what if or else worlds, it's mm-hmm. like I am far less concerned about character continuity because I feel like, oh, this is a different, this is a different one. Yeah. And something different That's is going to happen. That's why it's different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is what would happen if, you know, this guy turned bad I mean, or what have you. I mean, I, I completely agree with that. I, I agree with that. Like, you know, they're alternate stories because they're supposed to be different or, or be like to the left or to the right. Mm. Um, but. Why we read them and why they're successful is because, to the core, they are still recognizable characters. Mm. We're putting them in different situations, which means they'll react differently, mm. but they still remain those characters. Mm. And that's why character continuity is more important to me. And also a lot of his... Like, I could see him killing Maxwell Lord yeah. in that moment. Um, yeah. He was about to be killed. Is that, and also, he knows that Lord has the mm-hmm. mind control ability, so it's yeah, like, if he doesn't do something, then... He had to make the choice right Which then. is something and, that they didn't really tell us in this. Oh, uh, uh, they say, did. He said, he like, say, I don't, Lord I says, like, I don't him. even have to push him. See, you I don't kind have of, to push your mind, right. Right. That was still me going, oh, right, he could... You do kind of need to know that yeah. that's his power set. push your mind. Yeah. Right, right. I think that's the way that he referred to it, at least when this story set was happening. Um. Uh, yeah, but you they didn't they didn't yeah. say anything about so, that. I did feel also that it was interesting the Trinity, especially Batman, come off uh, in the wrong. Yeah, you know it's like, well, what do you mean he can't control Checkmate? Like, well, who said you can control whatever you yeah. can control? You know, like, that's like Ted's a good guy. I feel like I that's that very a... in line with him, though. I oh, like... it definitely is. Yeah. I just thought it was uh, an interesting thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, I also thought that that was a strange sort of like. Real quick, in and out. I'm going to. Well, if you tell on me, Batman, you also do things that are illegal. <laughs> I'll tell on you. And then Batman's like, "All right, there right. oh, you got me." <laughs> so uh, deep dive. I do a lot like, of illegal stuff. <laughs> right. I mean, he does. He just draws the line where he's like, "But I don't kill." Yeah. Yeah. Deep dive McGillicuddy over here uh-huh. um, is currently in the middle of a giant reread of Infinite Crisis. That's a, oh, right. Earlier we were saying so he likes a deep dive. I. I I'm, uh, I'm halfway through OMAC Project, um, which is the first of the five, four miniseries mm. that lead up to mm-hmm. Infinite Crisis. So I, I very recently read Countdown to Infinite Crisis, the first three issues of OMAC Project, and you know skimmed the rest of the book before I started reading it. But this is really close to what mm. it was before. I was really impressed with the concise manner yeah. with which he was able to tell this yeah. whole story that took over yeah. a year. Yeah, to just address, like, here's this thing that I did with yeah. all of the stuff in the Ranthanagar War. Yeah. And it yeah. does well. Like, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, Ted Court's good at this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And as I was reading this, I was going, 
I wouldn't have minded if Ted Cord, like Ted Cord, went bad in this way because it works oh, so yeah. well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like, the, uh, like, can you can you imagine if it actually this this could have been the event? Like, uh-huh. yeah. Ted that's, Cord, that's I mean. beca- like, just yeah. becoming. Yeah. Slowly, yeah. not unlike how what they did with uh, Hal for a while, yeah. with it eventually became Zero Hour, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. this could have easily been that, and that's why I think, like this hasn't been my favorite. My favorite is still the first one, mm-hmm. which was I the Batman uh, Nightfall. Uh, Nightfall. Yeah. Wait, no, actually, this is probably tied with that. Oh, yeah. but like I liked all of them so far, except mm. for the one I didn't read. You didn't like that one. I didn't. <laughs> this, I didn't have a chance to like it. This one has. This one felt the most. Oddly plausible. Yeah, like, I agree. And, and I would have wanted yeah. to read this yeah. this crazy ass yeah. thing, which makes me feel differently because I go, I almost said, you know what? I would have even liked it if Ted Cord was the guy who was behind Armageddon, two thousand one. Oh, if and he it was Monarch. Out, it was, if he became Monarch. Yeah, yeah. But then I go, well, what's the difference between Hawk right. and Ted Cord? <laughs> Not really? Much. Not really. much. Really. Other than I happen to have a history with this character, Blue Beetle, that right. it, it means more to me than Hawk. Right. I have no experience. I never cared about that character. Yeah. He's he's not even like you know. I now mostly that I'm only know him loud, as the guy who becomes monarch. I feel honestly. like I feel like Blue Beetle is C level and Hawk is like F level. <laughs> right. Yeah. Alone. I mean, uh, with Dove, he gets the like the bell push. curve grade. Yeah. But so it's Hawk, like a C. No Hawk by himself. Yeah. No. There's no comic book out there Fuck called out a Hawk. Here. I do. I do love how this all ended with with blue and gold and. Yeah, and he's distraught and, about that. Like he never loses. He never turns into a villain really until Brother Eye like well, I think, takes him over. I think Brother Eye, the whole back half no, of the book is Brother Eye <laughs> manipulating him to get yeah. to the point where he consents to being. He does. Oh, he's they being do throw that in there where Brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Brother Eye is like, hey, how about you give me control now? Hey, hey, how about now? <laughs> you know, I see you enjoying that steak. You would enjoy that steak so much more if you just gave me permission would, to run run everything. You would enjoy it so much more if you didn't have emotions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can can this Ted Cord be the like the huge villain of the next? I want this Ted Cord to be like the big the thing, villain though. of like. It'd the be next better than the Batman who laughs. Yeah. I'll yeah. tell you that. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. By the end of this book. I don't care anymore because now anything moving forward is Omac is the villain, right, right. not Ted Cord. Or Omac, I believe, he's... the one Beetle Army Corps. Oh he stated. <laughs> True story. Omac. No, he said it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't care about Omac, but I liked watching Ted Cord yeah. on his descent. It now it could still be interesting. Like if somebody he's... could come by and and like he takes it back. Like he sure. takes himself back from sure. Brother Eye, and or he's even like, him fighting you know, it. Maybe. Yeah. If we had oh, this inner model, yeah, yeah, yeah. this makes me think of um, they just did they just did this with um, Hank Pym and and uh, Ultron. Right. They're merged now. Oh yeah. That is so. Are dumb. they still merged? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he looks dumb. Remender yeah. did it as a way to just like get them off the board, and then oh, Jerry Duggan, Jerry Duggan brought him mm. back. Yeah. And it's just like I just I don't there's something I don't guy. like about the half split of his face that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's just like the way his mouth moves. It's just like weird fin over here, and then just a mouth over here. Yeah, I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Nah, physically <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> Venom number twenty. It's the final tie-in to Absolute Carnage, but that doesn't mean final superstars tie-in. Danny Cates and Ebon Coelho <laughs> are easing up off the gas. Why you want to know what happens in this one, <laughs> true believers? You're going to have to read it? Really? That's the diamond solicit. Thank God. Hey, read it. You want to know what happens in this book? We told you everything about Tales of the Dark Multiverse, but if you want to know okay. about Venom, you're going to have to read, read this one. You know what? Good. Because <laughs> yeah. there's so much cool shit in this book. It was fun. Was it? Yeah. 
I did not get a chance to. There's well, I had so a chance. You had a chance. You just didn't take I it. didn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Venom, who cares? Um, I love so this we get book. a couple more revelations. Like, even though Absolute Carnage is done, the revelations just keep on coming. Wait, so that didn't mean that they were easing up off the gas? That's true. They wow. Didn't. They yeah. didn't. And you know what? If you wanted to know more. Yeah. Should have read the book. I yeah. should have read it if I wanted um, to know. This or is a, just listen to us tell you right now. This is a tale of right two issues that. in the middle. Like, so half of this book is a denouement of absolute carnage. You can see the conversation that they cut off. Yeah. Uh, between Eddie Brock and his newfound son. Um, and then the other half is these musings of the maker, who is ultimate Reed, Reed Richards. Richards that's gone evil, talking to some mysterious overlooker. About everything that, yeah, the maker talking to some overlookers about uh, everything that just transpired, how it was a failure, but not a failure. And this is what he's learned and where he's going next, which led to one of two pretty fun, deep Marvel continuity reveals. Yeah. One of them being we thought the ultimate universe was dead because they went out of their way to smush it into the regular Marvel 616 in... Uh, Secret, Secret Wars, Wars yeah. a couple years ago. Right. And of course, just like the DC Universe has a multiverse, then doesn't right. have a multiverse, then has right. a multiverse. Now we've decided we're going to be bringing back the Ultimate Universe. And he's able to... Now, the thing that confuses me about this is this Reed Richards is like, oh, I'm having so much trouble breaking forth back in, you know, into the Ultimate Universe. Um, even though... What makes it different? Because Spider-Gwen has a little watch that she boops, and she's able to just jump dimensions. Well, Maybe it's different I mean, for it's, different dimensions. It's the Ultimate Universe isn't back yet. It's not. It doesn't exist. Yeah. And how did he get a Venom suit from the original pieces of it? Do so like after Secret Wars, the Fantastic Four went off and started creating other universes. Mm-hmm. So so like Gwen's Spider Gwen's universe does exist, and it was created, and there's a multiverse. She can jump, but yeah. the Ultimate Universe hasn't technically been rebuilt yet, remade yet. And that's what this is about. The Council of Reeds is saying, we're only helping you because you said you'd be able to yeah. bring it back. There's still just remnants of it out there. I don't, but at the end of Spider-Man like 2, we saw that the Ultimate Universe was still over there. I don't know what the time frame is back okay. and forth. All right. Yeah. Um, my like, thing also is there's an infinite amount of realities, right? There's yeah. more than one that ultimate is exactly universe. like the yeah. Ultimate Universe. That's a good point. Yeah. it's a good point. Either way, like, and, and that wasn't, I, I was actually referring to the symbiote timeline and oh, how they tie Oh, my the- God, so that's three revelations. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's the ultimate universe. Yeah. Then there's the symbiote timeline where they decide that Venom gave birth to Carnage mm-hmm. and then Carnage, or then well, there was like Scream and there was all these other the symbiote six. offsprings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they posit that um, they those happen when some big crisis event is coming yeah think of it as like uh-huh. a um a defense mechanism of the symbiote is to replicate itself in some sort of way when it senses immediate danger so uh-huh. one symbiote was created right before civil war happened one symbiote was created right before the yeah. infinity gauntlet was collected is that one accurate symbiote? though to nope. marvel history oh yeah. okay cool All right. he, it's, it's <laughs> fuzzy yeah because um, yeah. he says carnage was born and then, you know, while Thanos was collecting the Infinity Stones. Okay. But, and actually, I thought Carnage was way later. I thought the Infinity Gauntlet was in the 80s. Yeah, was it not? 
Was it? No, it was in like it was the like early... 91, 90. Yeah, 90 or very 91. early 90s. Yeah. Uh, and in my head, it's always been like, oh, 87. Um, but oh. yeah, it's like 90, 91. Hmm. And then Carnage, I believe, was either 91 or 92. It was actually the year after. Oh. It's plus minus a year or two. Yeah. Okay. It's not like it's so comic timeline. It's sure. fine. Okay. Sliding scale. Yeah, yeah. It's not so way off that it's just like, fuck this. Yeah. It's just right. way off. And, like, right. Well, that's what I thought when I, when I first read that. I was like, oh, fuck this. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's only one year. Yeah. It's not bad. Um, so there's that. And then, but then also the idea that Eddie Brock's child, Dylan. Oh, so there's four revelations. Yeah. Well, what's the third one? What is this going? revelation? Going. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, Eddie Brock's See, child. So the feet are still on the pe- pedal. Yeah. Eddie, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to crash to a fucking wall. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Eddie Brock's child is not, nec- like, is not a typical boy because he is a living codex. Yeah, he uh, was you know born of his mother, but incited by the the symbiote. He yeah. is essentially uh, fear like the symbiote's fear for mankind created this kid. Yeah. So if he uh. so because um because Eddie Brock's symbiote does not consider itself part of the hive anymore. So when it when it duplicates or when it spawns, it's not going to spawn another symbiote. It's going to spawn a human or mm. humankind because it considers part of. Your tribe, oh. a hybrid. So he is. So the child is a like a symbiote it's, it's human a, it's hybrid. It's his real son, sort of. but it's yeah, yeah. also it's also kind of it's like son. three different yeah. Yeah. DNA yeah. progenitors. And then of course wild. that leads Reed to go. Well, all of these other events were bringing us regular symbiotes, and now whatever is coming hmm. has spawned this kid, which uh. is a whole new thing we've never seen before. Yeah. What could possibly be coming that? Oh, yeah, I mean, so it, it sort of yeah. ups the ante of yeah, like, yeah. whatever's coming is bigger than whatever came before. Right. Um, yeah. And then hmm. we have our fourth and final revelation, which I was who, like, oh, snap. Who is the maker talking to? This whole issue. Who's turns he talking out, to? It's the Council of Reeds. Ah, the Council of Reeds. Yeah. I am a really big fan of the Council I of Reeds. You would be. Oh, so, I love that kind of so thing. We're, yeah. Donnie Cates has success, successfully, by your however mileage you want to put on it, yeah. has um, at least competently curbed. Uh, Marvel lore from Hickman, Bendis, Aaron, uh, McFarlane, uh, Starlin. Yeah. He's taken all of the stuff that has come before and he is and just mixing it up it. in a yeah. big pot <laughs> and it's delicious. Mm. It's a delicious stew. Oh. Yeah. I mean, some people, some, some more cynical people would probably be like, oh, this is derivative. It's all bullshit. But no. Huh. It's, it's like the best cover song you've ever heard. Mm-hmm. It's taking all of these other elements from other books and just But it sounds like it's repurposed for things. Yeah. You know, repurposing them for its I love own it. purposes. I, I, I hate that I love Venom so much. I'd be curious mm. to hear from somebody who doesn't know all of these references that we already have been because we've been reading for over right. 30 years. Right. Um, oh, someone goes, cancel or reads. All right, oh, whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So um, I, because we have such experience, this this is a lot of fun for us. And I wonder if new readers are going... Huh? I'll tell you what, I find it hard to believe that I would at any time have seen a Council of Reeds and not been like, <laughs> oh, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. Also, uh, poor Reed. Why can't he fix his head? I thought he wanted it to be it's like that. He likes it? Because it's more brain. brain stuff, right? Look at my brain. Exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, that's what it is. He, he could make it look better, though. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, Less like lumpy. same size, but He's just... He's got like little I mean, wisps wait, of hair. He, yeah, that part's he, weird. Can he change the size of his brain like he he maintains that intellect because he keeps it all the time yeah that no large. i was thinking maybe it could still be that large but he just you know kind of gussies up head. the head yeah. part yeah so, it doesn't look so like he'd Jason have Voorhees. a giant yeah. head 
yeah. instead of a coned head? It'd be like a future like a guy from the 50s. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's a lose-lose. I, <laughs> I mean, just keep the helmet on, Or anything. make everything bigger. It's only off. Oh, so his whole body would be big. He would be like Hulk size or yeah, whatever. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's, first of all, the helmet's only off because he's in the middle of his moisturizing routine. Yeah. Um, cause it gets, you gotta stay moist. It, it's in there. Yeah. It gets crumbly. Like you put you put cold steel against your your skin at all times. Yeah. Um, in the summer, in the winter, how dry is that? You guys ready for the X marks the X spot segment where we talk about Hickman books? Oh, X corner. Yeah, Hickman yeah. flavored books. Um, Hickman that's true. Flavored They're not books. All, that's true. All. Actually, were any of these Hickman books? Yeah, one was. Yeah, yeah. Which one was? So Mut- mutants. Let's start off. There's three books. Let's start off with Fallen Angels number two by Brian Hill and Simon Kudransky. The dawn does not break for all. Oh. Psylocke finds herself in this new world of mutant kind, unsure of her place in it, but when a face from her past returns only to be killed, she seeks help from others who feel similar to get vengeance. Cable and X-23 join Quanon for a personal mission that could jeopardize all mutant kind. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was fine. It was a face from her past that got killed? I don't know. Yeah, her kid. Uh, yeah. That was in issue one. Hmm. Yeah. That, did that her, even mention in issue child two? was killed. I don't recall that coming um, up. There was one person that was killed, and I wasn't sure if she killed him. So I don't think so. Who was the who first was issue? Person? The first issue, I I enjoyed the story, but the art was a little bit of a deterrent. Um, in this issue, the art is too much of a deterrent, and mm. I think I kind of Hate waned it. on the story. Yeah, like it, it, these all look like plastic sex dolls. The acting is awful. Yeah, I I, I I'm not digging it. Maybe it's maybe it's the the mix of coloring and the art style because because um, this artist on action with a different colorist hmm. and a different inker wasn't as plasticky mm. or sheen or yeah. f- like uncanny valley. It almost yeah. looks like yeah. this is early CG. No, I think you're right. It's <laughs> the it's just, colorist maybe yeah. more. You know the, See, the shading colors, and everything. The colors are what I like about it. I think hmm. it's the inks, maybe, oh, which maybe. are part of. I believe Simon Kudransky did his own inking here. Oh, right. I believe it's all digital, and um, I think the way that the shadows fall on the faces are a little tough. Um, Would these be the inker in? In this kind of thing, or so I was thinking that would be the colorist. You know better than I do. The you know like the shadows that are shadows not are heavy black lines. Inker. That is. The, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the heavy black shadows. Oh, okay. Um, but you're also talking about the way that the colorist. Yeah, I think the faces. I just think yeah. that might be contributing to what Knowles. I see. You know, the, like the plasticky look of gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Um, I I wasn't big on the art. I think there's a couple of instances where the art looks really nice. Uh, I think the car chase scene hmm. looks pretty good hmm. pretty dynamic mm-hmm. but yeah all of the faces are difficult for me to this is it's latch it, on to it's reminding me a little bit of like the least pleasing qualities of like salvador la roca mm-hmm. hmm. i agree yeah also who, is who does mech and technology Great. and vehicles and armor yeah. brilliantly mm-hmm. but when he does face acting it's so uncanny valley it's 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 like going for realistic and missing the mark by 20 degrees there's also i don't know if you guys remember there was an iron man war machine series that was weekly it was printed on uh newsprint paper and it was a much smaller issue they were trying this thing where one of the artists had decided hey guys i can do digital art and i can do it fast enough that i can do a weekly book Hmm. and you're going to make a real cheap paper and that way it'll be a more affordable price point for everybody and this is the way comics are going to get done Hmm. however that artist's work because it was so digital was very rigid and 
what he would do was create these digital bodies mm -hmm. that was able to manipulate oh, within. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it looked like that. It looked exactly how it came across. It reboot mm -hmm. the comic. Con yes, yeah. sort of. I remember uh, but that. Not yeah. as good. Yeah. As reboot reboot was cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, this has a lot of that as well. It just it feels hmm. very posed and hmm. unnatural. Hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on. Also, are her costume colors different? That they're like black with a red sash. Yeah, I feel, was that always the case? Yeah, uh, line. I like thought it, she blue. had like a purplish, because she's so purple in her power usage. Yeah, um, she's I got thought her costume was fourteen shins and a weird muscle in her thigh. From you don't a, have that the, muscle. The, uh, what's happening? <laughs> but what did you think about the story? I was uh, not that interested. Same. It, it was know? same. It was tread yeah. yeah. And then it, when like the guy gets killed, and she's like, "Well, I saved." You know, I didn't mention the the that you have a, a a wife and a child, and I was like, oh, that's nice. And then the wife and child, it turns out, were tortured and killed. Yeah. I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. And I mean, I I kind of like that was the part I think that I liked the most about the book was, hmm. you know, you were following Quanin before she was Psylocke, yeah. and she was an assassin for the Hand, I believe, and um, she actually winds up letting this guy go. He let lets him live. Well, she or, let no, the no, wife no, go. She, she killed the guy. Sorry, she kills the guy. Yeah. But then. Because she had that um, psychic ability, she was able to feel right. his love for his family, right. and that touched her in a way that she was like, all right, here's a USB stick. It's got uh, a bunch of money on it. You can withdraw the money, make it cash, hmm. go hide, and she lets them escape. She actually sends them on a boat to escape. Yeah. And then, like, in one one tiny little dialogue box, or, you know, monologue box, yeah, it's yeah. like, well, they still got her. Done. They still murdered both of them anyway. It is an intriguing lesson, yeah. you know, for her and her character development. Yeah. Um, like but even yeah, if she tries I was to not, do good, right, it's not going to help. Right. Yeah. But yeah, I was not grabbed by I had no interest really yeah. in reading I, the next issue. Yeah, the, the first yeah. issue, I, I really enjoyed the idea of the, the tech drug. Uh, uh, oh, I forgot finding, about that. Yeah, finding that out that one? her, uh, tangentially, finding out that her, her um, daughter was killed and all this mm. stuff about her past. It was intriguing. This mm. is just treading water. It's like they're still building the team at this point. And yeah. I'm like, come yeah. on, let's go. Also, to a degree, and not just in this book, but the different characterizations of characters. Like, Cable is completely different here than he is in X-Men. Oh, yeah, And they're Where contemporaneous. Like, hey, Dad, look at this cool gun. <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. how is he even participating in both of these things, let alone yeah. not acting in the same well, I way? I mean, that's... You know? that's the, <laughs> the X-Men. Yeah, uh, that's true. I that's mean, true. Being being consistent character-wise is more important than when they have time in the day. Cause that's, right. Yeah, I don't that. care too much about like how Wolverine is, is but fitting it into that his he, schedule. He but, talks yeah. completely different. Yeah, it's yeah he's awful. like two... They're both valid takes. This is maybe more Cable-ish, mm. but they they don't exist well together. No. Yeah. Strange. Well, yeah. they didn't build the team like you were fearing they would. Yeah. Huh. You know, like there's just three of them still. So yeah, are you going true. to keep reading? You wanted that. Would you keep well, reading it if you... Well, for the X marks the X spot right. segment of the show, I have to. But would you otherwise? No. Yeah. Wait, wait, where's the line drawn? Because I don't want this to become Age of X-Man again. Right. Uh, Are we just doing the first arc sure. of these books? Um, New good. Mutants number two. Didn't care um, for it? Well, it I'll tell you. It was written by John Hickman and with art by Rod Rice or Rias. The new generation Yeesh. claims the dawn. The classic New Mutants, Sunspot, Wolvesbane, Mirage, Karma, Magic, and Cypher get together with a few new friends, Chamber and Mondo, to seek out their missing member and share the good news. A mission that takes them into space alongside the Star Jammers. I didn't care about it, and I was surprised because John Hickman is actually writing this series. Diamond said that? Yeah, yeah, it keeps going. Um, 
Um, I, I just I don't care about the new mutants. I never yeah. have. Uh, I I have no particular um, attachment to the original new mutants. Yeah. So hanging out with them again means nothing to me. And there was nothing in here that really made it interesting. I, I don't care about the Sha'ar. I don't uh, care about the Star Jammers. Hmm. I don't care about the what's her Super Smasher. Yeah, I don't care about any of these characters, mm. and this do- this book has done nothing to ingratiate them to me. Now, mm. I thought this was adorable, and I had a great time reading. Oh, I, I liked it too. It. Yeah. I'm glad. Tell yeah. us why, Brian. Um, I really like the art for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very Phil Noto, but looser. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I had, I also found myself. I was like, "What's up with the Shi'ar?" The last time, I think Gladiator is still the He's leader the of them, the Magister, and then here in this very issue, he gives it up. Mm-hmm. And I guess that and Avengers are, you know, they'll mm-hmm. deal with it. But I just found that notable for my own uh, personal, mm-hmm. you know, history. Um, I I think I liked it. I don't think I liked it as much as you seem to, no. Mm-hmm. Um, I find myself wondering why they needed to go get Cannonball. It was they, like... They didn't. They seemed like he was fine. He's fine. And ca- have you no way to communicate? Like, I know he's in the Shi'ar Empire, but you guys have a lot to do with them. Like, yeah. could you not... Just, like, message him and be yeah. like, hey, this Krakoa thing's happening. You should come yeah. back if you want. Hey, check it out. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I I just, I like the tone of the book a lot. Yeah. Like, I like when Hickman does comedy, which mm. is him trying to do that here. Mm. It's it's odd and situational and um, ironic. Uh, the relationship between, I think, was it Bob D'Acosta and Speedball? Yeah. Sunspot Cannonball. and Speedball? Cannonball? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sunspot and Cannonball. Is I've never read them before, nor have I given a shit. Like I remember them being in the Avengers and his Avengers, and they were just whatever characters. Yeah, I had no idea that they were best friends. Well, yeah, I, I, I like. I don't know if that was always the case, but I remember them in some X Men, you know, rebooting of X Men, and they were good friends in that. Yeah, one. I, I mean, yeah. I don't even. I don't. It doesn't even matter. I, I just like this cold. Yeah. Um, this I like this group, and I I liked. The way that again, this is Hickman doing comedy. I liked how he used his inner sigils here, the court uh, processing form. Because the jokes that are in it are wonderful. Like the idea that this whole time Sunspot's just like, "I got the best lawyers. I took care of the lawyer thing. It's <laughs> great." The last line that was in, pretty funny in the the document is that this is the worst lawyer I've ever yeah. spa- the worst space lawyer. Funny, ever. Yeah. So it's this is this is not it's not a breezy read, but it's a breezy tone. And I kind of enjoy it. Is that why I'm supposed to accept things like space lawyer? I think so. The tone. Yeah, yeah. it's just. It's like, well, like being, he says, Sunspot is like, I've lost my money before, so this time I hired the best lawyers, and I just signed whatever they put in front of me. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, it's a very, yeah. it's a very like dense kind of comedy. You know, I wonder I think- if it's because I went directly from um, Fallen Angels to this that there oh, was a bit yeah. of a... Tone very different tones. Where yeah. I was like, all of a sudden yeah. we got space lawyers. Yeah. You're just putting space in front of whatever. And I think we've seen that particular space lawyer before oh, the, really? in like a Rocket Raccoon thing. Oh. And I think he's supposed to be kind of a, like a fun, maybe even not great space lawyer. I'm not sure. The I'll... card game was also fun. Because the whole time I'm like, well, none of them know how it's yeah, working. Yeah. And, and Danny's like, oh, no, I won. <laughs> he's like, no, that's not what it says. Oh, yeah. so shut up. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> the art, the art is just so great. Like I loved the uh, when Smasher punches um, DaCosta DaCosta in the face. I took it as so like the it goes from full color to red, black and white, and then back to full color. Hmm. 
It's the sensation from the point of view of DaCosta. It's the sensation of getting punched in the nose. Like mm. things go white, hmm. like yeah, red and that's white. That's cool. And like, yeah. there's yeah. some really great shit in this book. I, it's even I, still a little washed out in the next panel. Honestly, it's not quite up to. Yeah, that's an it, interesting. It, there's note. there's yeah. a lot of really smart stuff happening, but because the tone is so light, it's it's hard to. Mm. And honestly, I feel very similarly to a book like um, Jimmy Olsen. Mm. It is such a light book, but it's so effing intricate mm. that you lose a lot of the jokes. Mm. On, I also on, re- on first. I reads. don't like Dacosta. Oh Some no, he's spot. an asshole. Yeah, has he always he been this way? I don't care. I don't he's know. The, he's a one know. note. Like, oh, you punched me in the nose. Does my nose look broken? Yeah. Like, but nah, just, how but do just, I look? Oh, I got blood on my jumper. A lot of characters like that, they keep them relatable by putting them against somebody that's great. Yeah. And that's mm. what they're doing here with Cannonball and him. Yeah. If Cannonball, a character that we all like, likes him so much, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. his. His saving grace he That's also i think so cannonball used to be a more like youthful i think they were both like kind of maybe even like a booster gold blue beetle kind of mm-hmm. you know jokey kind of guys and it looks like cannonball has grown up and is and he's his lost dad his and he's and he yeah well he's been out in shiar space for yeah. a while you know well, I remember they used to write him like did they like, was she like a rogue kind of Yes, yeah, like an yeah, accent, yeah. like ah yeah. uh, instead of I. Well, uh, you can't you can't hear it, but he he has a Shi'ar accent now. Okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't um, have the letters to express yeah. it. So yeah, I just, I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. This wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, I'll try another issue just because I like Hickman and I I was so I was so into Hoxpox. Yeah. Next time, next time this book comes out, read it first. Don't read the other ones first. Gotcha. Like don't let that don't let these super serious sour you on yeah. giving this a shot as or your general expectation for jonathan hickman because he tends to be pretty heavy and serious mm-hmm. you know and him doing this kind of book is different x-force number two x-force and this is written by benjamin percy with art by joshua Cassara. uh the high price of a new dawn X-Force is the CIA of the mutant world. One half intelligence branch, one half special ops. Beast, Jean Grey, and Sage are on one side. Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino on the other. In a perfect world, there would be no need for an X-Force. We're not there. Yet. Uh, Read the book. If you want to learn more, read the book. book. Why are you reading Diamond Solicits? Just go read the book. Uh, This one I liked better. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know why. Uh, I, you know, wasn't trying to be funny, I, you know, because I don't think a lot of the comedy worked in the mm. previous book. Um, this one I, I like a little bit more. We've, we're dealing with the murder of Professor Xavier, um, and I'm still not entirely sure why they can't just bring him back. <sighs> yeah, they have they a seem plan to... for every single mutant who dies except the main, like the big one. I mean, they did also say multiple times that they had a plan for him. Yeah, like, well, like in in Hawks so, or Pox. So this is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> this is the plan for him. The the extra cerebro oh, that's they're just on not the sure island. If it'll work. They're not sure if it'll yeah, work because yeah. they've never had to do it before right, right. and if Gene Gray is up to the task. So in this book, some people are like, they'll fix it. It's yeah. fine. He's yeah, back. Yeah. And some are a lot more cautious about yeah. the being able to and if it will be really the up to date him. Maybe they are more you know, to the rest of the mutants, they're like, No, anybody dies, we got it. Yeah. But privately, they're like, well, we probably have it, mm-hmm. but we haven't. Now, yeah. I think Could that we were pragmatic. just told as readers that, yeah. like, no, they got it. Yeah. But, you know, whatever, if they want to well, mess mm-hmm. around with that a little. It's 
I think it's it's a way to get him. They always find out. They always find ways to get the omnipotent dude off the table for a while, and this is just it. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a surprise that Professor Xavier was killed because <laughs> Professor Xavier is always getting himself killed. He's the Sean Bean of the X Men. Yeah, Wait, has just, that happened? Every movie he's in, I can he's only killed. think of one time that he's been killed. You know, I mean, he's been he's been killed more than Jean Grey. What? He's been killed a lot, dude. Really? Yeah. Huh. The, I mean, the, one of the most recent was, I guess, Scott killed him. Right. Um, was he killed at other times? I believe so. Oh, he was he? killed okay. prior to Grant oh, actually, and Grant Morrison brought him back. Yeah. He was killed when he gave Gene telepathy. Ah. Um, I totally forgot about it. And he did it in such a way that he it looked like he could give it to anybody if he mm-hmm. wanted to. But like so Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Just just, just us spitballing for the that's last a good minute. Point. That's four times a good that he's point. died. Also, the X-Men, I never cared much for when I was in my younger <laughs> comics days. I in like the Chris Claremont era. Yeah. Also, the X-Men, garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I googled how many times has Professor X died. Yeah. Uh, ten. Ten oh times. Ten times. X it, times. Does this count? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, no. You know what? And then there's one from CBR that says 14 times Professor X died, wow. and one time it actually stuck. Huh. The Cyclops one. Because um, he was dead sure. for a while, and now technically no time it stuck. Right. Yeah, he's <laughs> it depends back. on when this article was published. Unless this is the one. Is this the one time um, it's done? <laughs> it's been a whole issue. Right. So um, basically, it looks like they've got a bunch of cradles, which have they house different Cerebra helmets, and they have some sort of techno organic Krakoan technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, inside like of it. merged with. Um, yeah. And it looks like it's cooking, maybe like it's being uploaded. Yeah, they talk about how not. Only one can be functioning at at one time, and they're just like hidden over the island. A yeah. couple of like husks are hidden over the island with it. Yeah. So the idea is using Gene to bring life to this thing, so it can mm. rebirth. Yeah, Xavier, yeah. if she's mm. up to the task. Mm. It, it's it's a little convoluted, but it's enough of a deterrent to make me wonder if it'll work. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's just enough because honestly. Of this whole book, that's the least interesting part of it for me. Oh, the death of Professor Xavier. Yeah. Exactly. We right. all went, ugh. Right. Like we got to the last page of the last one, like, oh, okay, they killed Professor I X again. I was more interested in the idea that no one could be killed. Yeah. Like, that, to me, is the new cool idea yeah. to have fun with. And they, they with, played it up know. so much in Hawk's right. Box. Like, right, The very first thing out the gate, they're like, well, we killed him. Yeah. And, all right, yeah. so? Right. So this, is, this book... Uh, turns into an all-ages body horror book. <laughs> <laughs> nice combat. It totally does. Yeah. Like, you've got these, pretty gross. these bio uh, yeah. modified assassins that were able to get through um, the defenses of Krakoa. And they were very cool. Very cool. Like, well, even yeah. inside, of his, them? inside yeah. of his ear was a spool of, of wire for repelling. Yeah. Inside the, the, the arm was an extra bone that was, like, for yeah. stabbing. I like that they made shit. the distinction of, like, well, they're not quite superhuman, yeah. but if they kept along this path, they would be. Yes. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. Very cool assassins. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, yeah. and then I, the, the whole second half of this book is Kid Omega and Wolverine. That was fun. Which... I always like them hanging uh, out. It made yeah. me miss Wolverine and the X-Men yeah. even more. I loved that book so much. I used to. And this captured it. Why you didn't I you felt didn't like it, it swung really? off the rails real quick. What? I I mean, yeah. his whole section I thought was great. Like, cool. all 40 issues of it. Cool. And then it was like five other writers. I don't even know what happened to it after that. Okay. I really liked the line from Wolverine where he's like, we're not it. We're not gods, and they're not devils. Yeah. I thought that was a cool understanding of the... 
like the integrity and humanity of the other mm-hmm. side, the personhood of the other side. And there's a couple that, times that he calls out Kid Omega for like Chuck wouldn't like what you're saying yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So weird. Like it's more all about we should recognize mm-hmm. the equality of all, you know, that kind of thing. I yeah, I really like that coming from Wolverine especially but just being present in the book at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Domino looks nah. effed up at the end, which is sad. I like Domino a lot. I like her, too. I think I think she'll come back from this one. Yeah. Uh, She's in a back-to-tank. Everything will be okay. literal chunks. Back-to-tank. She's missing chunk. She's got a chunk of thigh yeah. missing, which is pretty gross. So what are they using her for? To, like, to harvest? Yeah, I think – I don't know that it needs to be Domino. I think they just need it to be somebody who can get onto Krakoa so mm. that they spliced in parts of her – of her body into the super soldiers, mm-hmm. and that's so that how Krakoa recognized read, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Read all those people as Domino. Yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, Domino's uh, with some other people. Yeah, uh, yeah. bring him on in. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys yeah. think of the art? Oh, it's. Lovely. Oh, I liked it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot too. It's it's uh it's gritty but not sketchy. It's it's um, I, I think and I think that the colors really helped that out. Who did the, who did yeah. the coloring? It was Dean White. Dean White. Dean White, Dean White has colors. a very specific hue. He has a very specific color palette that yep. he uses that is immediately recognizable. But then on top of that, mm. he even has a very specific coloring style wherein he uses a lot of hash marks. So a lot of mm. inkers, when translating pencil work into ink work, will use hash marks, mm-hmm. um, cross hatching, all that sort of stuff to um, sort of make a gradient between light and dark mm-hmm. and he is doing that with the colors even beyond the ink oh, yeah. so um and, and there's a lot of like little lines oh yeah um mm-hmm. i you know and he didn't he do uncanny x-force yes That's he did this, remenders this was feels like yeah. with, with the gray and black costumes mm-hmm. where they had oh yeah. all right but was, i like that art yeah. a lot yeah, yeah. Um, different artist, Opinia. same colorist. Right, but that's what I liked about it. I feel yeah. like was the was the depth of the coloration on that kind oh, of. Oh, and actually, yeah. and this is the next Force book. Yeah, it looks like they're going for that. And honestly, too, it kind of feels like that tone in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This um, this might. This is my favorite of the week. Yeah. Of X- of the, the X books. Oh, okay, no, right. Constantine's my favorite. So, right, right. If we're gonna rank them now, all two issues in, we've got X Men, Marauders, New Mutants, Fallen Angels, X Force. What am I missing? Is there a sixth one? Uh, you said Marauders. Excalibur. 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 Uh, Marauders is top. Hmm. Then X-Force. Then X-Men. Then New Mutants. Then Excalibur. Then Fallen Angels. I would swap X-Men and X-Force on any given day. Well, those those are... Yeah, those are interchangeable, yeah, those but I actually quick. agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I like, I like Hickman's attempts at humor in X-Men more than I liked his mm. humor in New Mutants. And that might be because I just have a firmer grasp of the characters he's using mm-hmm. right. in X-Men than I do And that's Mutants. a big part of comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, if you go back and watch an early episode of a comedy that you've gotten into, it will be funnier. Yeah. You know, because you're like, oh, I know, oh, you I know, Kramer would act that way or yeah. whatever. Um, Kramer. You know, you know, he's always <laughs> acting in a way. I <laughs> uh, you know it's... Remember, remember how he would just like come indoors weird. He would yeah, just like yeah, come yeah. into a room, and every time it'd be like weird. Do you remember? <laughs> you know, when I that almost was used Balky. Do you remember? Remember? <laughs> instead of Kramer? Yeah. Like, don't, be <laughs> don't be ridiculous. Oh, now we are so happy. We did the dance of joy. Oh yeah. Anyway, what? <laughs> super offensive. The to dance a, of joy to, to a people that don't exist. No, they. So that's why they made him from Meat Post yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's not a real place. <laughs> oh no, I got nothing. I like okay. the joke that I was gonna tell was not as good as. Balky references. Perfect <laughs> oh, yeah, right. no. Uh, um, also, did, did you guys want to give your? 
X Men ratings. Uh, ratings. I, I did. I like. I I would put <laughs> ratings. ratings. I would put um, X Men above X Force, but it would be Marauders, X Men, X Force. Yeah, it's the same. I would probably. So I still have not read Marauders number one, but I really liked <laughs> number two. You should. Um, I real. I should, but I wanted to read it before our last show, and yeah. so I just didn't have time. Um, and I wanted to get to two since we were talking about that. I really enjoy that. I think X Men might be at the top of mm-hmm. my list because sure. of the characters involved. Mm-hmm. Like and that's that's a big thing with me usually is there's the twin like, oh how good is the story and also who's in it. Well I you mean know? I mean those her- Cyclops, Wolverine and Jean Grey are like the trinity of exactly. the X Men. They're, like, the they're, they're the big, they're the big ones three, that yeah. I want to read. You know wherever they go I follow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh yeah so Marauders would maybe be next on the strength of that one. Mm-hmm. I like Excalibur. I could do it more in groupings. You know what I mean? You know like what? Excalibur and New Mutants, I think I really like about the same. I don't... I, I am... Maybe Maybe Excalibur would be slightly below Fallen Angels. I don't know, because I'm more interested oh, in yeah. the story in Falling Angels, but I like the characters I better. Yeah, I do. Than, uh, yeah. Than I, but then again, you know what? I didn't read the second issue of Excalibur. Me neither. Maybe oh, maybe, I don't that, think maybe we, that'll, yeah. that'll did that come out already? The, yeah, we it missed did. it last week. Uh, maybe right. that'll change the ranking. But either way, the top three kind of remain the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm I'm in, I'm halfway enjoying the X books right now. Yeah, I don't like them as much as I thought I would same. from same. House of X. I'm a little disappointed. They're not more House of X and Powers of X. You know what I mean? Which yeah. I thought at least one of them. I thought X Men would be like. Here's that feel. Yeah. And we're going to keep going. Yep. No. No. Yeah. Although I will say, I do like that each book feels separate from yeah. the mm-hmm. other books. Yeah. They all feel like different books to me, and they're dealing with different aspects of the mutant universe right now. Yeah. Whereas, and you definitely don't need to read New Mutants no. or Fallen Angels. Or, yeah. you know, like if you didn't want to, maybe X Force seems like mm-hmm. it's more of a core thing that if yeah. you want the whole story, you should read. To your but, point, too, I think it's I think it's like a tonal shift issue. Like we had 12 consecutive uninterrupted weeks of a very dense yeah. X-Men retelling yeah. Yeah. and now they're shifting to norm and it's it's jarring. See it's I would have just like one like X-Men to be Continuum. the continuing of that. And then we get Moira, I believe she's getting her own series which I think is going to be oh, dealing with more of the Hoxpox stuff. So maybe that is where it's yeah. headed. Oh, yeah. Okay, and we're coming. There's like an yeah. X-Corp book too. Oh, is there? Oh no, yeah. don't do that. I mean rumors. Yeah. No official announcements. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, you guys. You can email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com. If you want to help out the show, you can rate and review us and share it with friends. And uh, you can write in all of those things, make us very happy. You We're can strangers. Share, share it with people you don't yeah. know. Yeah. Just share it. Um, just tag it. Just. Use spray paint and yes. write, write, and write the yeah. HTML yeah. <laughs> <laughs> site that you could go to. Every bathroom yeah. stall you're in. The thing. Yeah. yeah. Write it down. Yeah. Cool. Um, and <laughs> if you want to help the show out uh, with actual money, you can go to patreon.com slash Johnny Destructo or coffee.com slash Johnny Destructo. That's ko-fi.com. Nobody, I've got nothing from coffee yet. Nothing. Nothing. Oh. Which is a sh- but there's a couple people doing the Patreon. So we there thank you, you so much for helping us out. Um, <laughs> and no screw way- you to all the people that don't get yeah, anything you're on coffee. Dead to me. <laughs> and then there's the people who only write in when they hate Len. <laughs> Like, oh. I've, nev- I've never oh, written in, but that guy is mean. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that. Noel, where can people find you? Um, I am on the social medias, uh, you know, in addition to being here every weekend. Um, uh, you can at Mr. Bartocci, M-R-B-A-R-T-O-C-C-I, or just 
you know, talk at us at the Cold Pop page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Brian. I'm Brian Lieb Design dot com. Mm-hmm. I and I E is the Brian and Lieb respectively. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, all right, let's get out of here. Sweet. Deuces, boy. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh, it's so spooky! And Gutter Talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah.